0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
2: We'll see you on Monday. All right. Meanwhile, speaking of the pipeline, it was a little awkward for the prime minister yesterday as he seemed really super excited to be on stage with Bill Nye, the science guy. Uh, Until the point at which Bill Nye, the science guy, started saying weird things about the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Now, this is supposed to be someone who is um, well-versed in science. By the way, here's what he said after. Tell me if this sounds like a a scientist to you.
1: The pipeline is in in the big picture bad, but in this short, medium term, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Scientists say that all the time, I'm sure. I don't
2: know. What are you going to do? Here's a a longer quote here, where uh, Bill Nye kind of turns to to the Prime Minister and starts asking him about all of this. Here's how that sounded.
1: But I've been under, I've gotten uh, a lot of messages from my colleagues in the environmental community. And I've been to Fort McMurray, Alberta. It really is an amazing place in the in the most troubling way, but this pipeline, uh, Morgan Kinder. Kinder Morgan? Kinder Morgan. Uh, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. tell my colleagues in the States, uh, tell us about the Kinder Morgan pipeline. <laughs> and because everybody, if you got nothing else to do before you're done, check out the solutionsproject.org. You're familiar with the Solutions Project. These are en- civil engineers mostly, mostly at Stanford University right, right near San Francisco. Done an analysis that you could power all of Canada renewably right now if you just decided to do it. There's In the Prairie Provinces, there's so much wind. Even here, on a day like this, there's so much solar energy that if you could capture it and solve the storage and transmission problems, you could run the whole place. Yeah. Nevertheless, there's this enormous fossil fuel industry, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us about that.
2: Okay, so if you'd never heard of Bill Nye, you might be wondering oh, who's that guy? Sounds like a real bonehead. <laughs> uh, and, and look, Bill Nye is not a scientist. I mean, he's more of a celebrity. And sure, okay, maybe we, we need celebrities to kind of be champions of, of science and, in, in a really broad sense. But I think ultimately we need to defer to the scientists when it comes to explaining all of this. And so don't treat celebrities like they're scientists. And I think the Prime Minister is guilty of that yesterday. Uh, Tristan Hopper, had an interesting piece of the National Post today, uh, on who Bill Nye is and why he's kind of been thrust into this um, somewhat undeserving position. Uh, Tristan, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Anytime. Thank you. Bill Nye seems like more of a, a celebrity than, than a scientist, and I get that politicians like to hobnob with celebrities but what, what did you make of this uh, event yesterday
0: yeah we've been uh, we 've been uh, wanting to run a, a Bill Nye feature for a while because he 's come under a lot of criticism in the age of the internet uh, with people pointing out uh, you know that he 's often taking uh, very activist stands on science lately uh, with his Netflix series and appearing on cable news. And uh, a lot of members, particularly those in the science community, are saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't have this guy with no scientific background appearing as the public face uh, of American science. And potentially that's fine. I mean, you don't have to have a Ph.D. uh, to be a public face of science and to represent science and to communicate science. Uh, But it's become particularly noticeable lately Because Bill Nye kind of sucks at representing (laughs) science lately, so there's actual scientists saying, you know, if uh, you spoke to actual people who knew what they were talking about, uh, the science community and scientific literacy in the United States uh, would probably be better served.
2: Right. I mean, I think the old whole idea of Bill Nye, the science guy, kind of started off as I'm going to be more of a, a communicator. And he had a, you know, a TV show for kids to help them kind of get interested in science. And that's all well and good. and We need people to do that. And maybe we're not going to ask the PhDs to take on that responsibility. But how did it evolve to the point where we, we now treat this guy as though he is a scientist?
0: Uh, yeah, so it started off. Uh, so he he was uh, he he is a mechanical engineer. He was working at Boeing, and started getting into stand-up comedy. And the science guy persona uh, was sort of a, a thing he could bring on to late-night shows uh, and, and, and at uh, stand-up gigs. And he would just show up with the bow tie and the lab coat. Do science experiments, and then then he was later picked up by Disney and did the show. Uh, so yeah, it started off as sort of an entertainment. Bit, but I guess what's weird is that um, after the show, the the children's show ended, he sort of still became that science guy, and then be, adopted more of a political role. So he was appearing more on television, sort of you know bash creationists, uh, you know, which they require bashing. Uh, no, nobody's arguing with that. Um, but it's, he's essentially inhabited his character, which is strange. I mean, in the story, I compare him to, um, I was more of a Beekman's World kid. I didn't watch Bill Nye, the Science Guy, but this was a show that existed in the, at the same time in the 1990s. Uh, with, uh, it had an actor and puppeteer, Paul Vallum, uh playing Beekman. It's a similar show. They do sort of simple science experiments, explain science to kids. But Paul Zaloum, when his show ended, he went back to being an actor and puppeteer. He didn't become Beekman and start appearing on late night television and cable news, um, pushing uh, scientific ideas and uh, appearing to represent the scientific community. Uh, he just went back to being what he actually is, um, an actor and puppeteer. So, yes, it's a little strange that. Um, Bill Nye has sort of become this character that he once played on television. So I, I think when people uh, are criticizing him, and I was quoting uh, many of the critics, uh, I, I think there's some, some basis to that. It's sort of strange uh, how he's allowed this character to consume define him.
2: Yeah, and I, look, I get that. That unfortunately, we're we're in an era where we need champions for science, where we have various anti scientific views uh, that that are held uh, in the general public. But uh, and you point to this in your piece that there's not a lot of convincing evidence to to suggest that people like Bill Nye are really making much of a difference.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the main problem. So uh, Bill Nye's defenders say, well. Uh, we we do have um, a walk away from science and a walk away from facts, so we need more people like Bill Nye. Uh, but the counter argument to that would be, and uh, if you look at my piece in the National Post, uh, I mean, there are there was two appearances he made on uh, cable television uh, last year, one on CNN and one on Fox News, in which he was appearing uh, to defend climate change, which is pretty easy to do. Um, to appear and you know, show the evidence to show that it's happening and that it's caused by humans. That's sort of the settled science. Any climate scientist uh, with even a, a basic background uh, can just bring a shotgun blast of data to prove that it exists. But in both these appearances, Bill Nye shows up the face of science, the guy who's going to convince America uh, to stop denying climate change, and he absolutely sucks at it. Uh, he just sits there and says, oh, the, the science is settled and he doesn't have any data. He doesn't have any arguments. He's got like the same three phrases that he just repeats over and over. He looks annoyed that someone is questioning him. He obviously has no idea what he's talking about. So if you're sitting at home and you're kind of on the fence about whether climate change is real and then you just see this you know, pissed off uh, northern elitist in a bow tie who doesn't know what he's talking about – he probably hasn't convinced you. So I think that's where the the idea of Bill Nye as a science communicator becomes problematic if he doesn't actually have the credentials and the knowledge to back that up.
2: Well, and then we had this event yesterday. So you got the prime minister sharing a stage with this guy, treating him as though he were uh, indeed an esteemed scientist. Uh, Bill Nye, in a very similar way, as you described, I mean, he had some very simplistic and and crude, pardon the pun, things to say about the Trans Mountain Pipeline. So uh, Trudeau, who ostensibly supports this pipeline by elevating this guy and his kind of awkward arguments against it, he sort of set a trap for himself
0: yeah yeah and one of the things I mean the thing that one of the things that Bill and I said that got the most attention is he says, well, technically, uh, there's no reason why Canada just couldn't be run completely on renewable energy you know immediately. Right. and that's technically true. He got us on a technicality there, but uh, I guess, you know, if he, maybe if he had a, a greater scientific background, he would actually look into the cost-benefit analysis is how you actually do that and the feasibility of something like that actually taking place. It's kind of like going up to a homeless person and saying, hey, homeless guy, there's no technical reason that you couldn't be a billionaire right now. Uh, you You just lack the political will to do it. Uh, but you're ignoring all of these other barriers uh, as to why that can't take place. So he's not really offering real solutions. And, and again, maybe someone with a more nuanced scientific background in this would be able to actually suggest something that will get done rather than someone who's just going to sort of lecture us and how we're, we're – the only reason we don't have renewable energy is just because we're lazy and jerks.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is, and and maybe we're lazy to some extent in the media, too. I mean, it's not as though scientists are, you know, hiding in their labs saying we're too busy to speak publicly. Bill Nye's our our spokesperson. Go give him a call. There are certainly lots of scientists and lots of different important issues who are more than willing uh, to come out and talk about the evidence, talk about the science. And we we seem to just get lured toward these celebrity types.
0: Oh, I understand completely uh, why that's happening. I mean, I, I do a lot of science writing. And uh, scientists, even the sort of charismatic, fun, uh, you know, the media types, uh, it's uh, there's a reason you go into science. You're very much it, it, in support of evidence and sort of weighing the options and it's very hard to get a clear definitive answer from a scientist. I'll say like is this the greatest version of this study ever ever completed? And they'll say well actually no, I wouldn't want to say anything definitive <laughs> like that and more research is needed. So uh, yes, it's exceedingly hard just by the nature of the job uh, to get a scientist who, who is good in the media so I can see why um, we're on the lookout for science communicators. But there's got to be more science communicators uh, than that, where the American media has to continually rely on Bill Nye after you know several years of tripping over coffee tables and not really demonstrating uh, that he knows what he's talking about.
2: Yes, indeed. Well, people can find your piece. It's up at uh, nationalpost.com. Tristan, uh, always great chatting with you. Thanks for your time here. Thank you. Here you go. Tristan Hopper, he is uh, with the National Post, nationalpost.com. Uh, and I think it's an important point. And a few people have already texted saying, you know, Bill Nye just another David Suzuki, which is kind of true, actually. Uh, I mean, David Suzuki has more of a scientific background, but it's a very narrow scientific background. And he's sort of been put out there not necessarily as a scientist who can weigh in on these issues because of his scientific background. He is more of that, that kind of celebrity, someone who's supposed to be a communicator. And we need those. I mean, I wrote a few years ago in the National Post about how we need a new David Suzuki. We, we need people with scientific literacy and communication skills to make science accessible and understandable for the masses. So there's a role for people like that to play. But, I mean, let's be clear. Those people aren't necessarily scientists. I mean, they're smart enough to understand the, the issues and they can explain them in a simple way. When it gets down to the nuts and bolts and the nitty-gritty, you you need the actual scientist. But there are people who are good at both. Uh, Someone that comes to mind is uh, Timothy Caulfield of the University of Alberta, who is a scientist and holds, say, a number of important titles at the University of Alberta, but but is a really great communicator and has written books and articles and does so in in a really easy-to-understand manner when he's dealing with specific issues. But, I mean, he's, he stays in his lane, right? He's, he's got a specific focus around health policy and uh, health law matters. So you wouldn't necessarily call on, on someone like that to, to talk about pipelines, for example. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is, is another great example. Obviously a very brilliant man, an accomplished scientist. But, again, someone who kind of stays in, in his lane alright nine seven four 974-8255. We'll come back in a bit of time for your calls here, your thoughts on Bill Nye. We've got some other issues to get to. We're back with more right after this.
1: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.